It is uh, indeed a privilege for me this morning to, I, I hope you don't mind, but I'm going to ask Pastor Elliot to bring his family up. like to make sure that you get a good look in case uh, they find themselves in loss in any way, you could recognize them and say, they take them to Calvary. Uh, it's, I, I, I'm, I'm, bear with me, I must say this. The very first time I spoke to Pastor Elliot, there was this knowing that this was God's man. This is the first time I'm mentioning this to anybody. But I don't know if you remembered, but when he was out here, I whispered in his air and I said, you're God's man for Calvary Bible Church. And I stand here proud this morning to present God's man to you, a man of the hour. Well, I can assure you that uh, the Elliots are delighted to be here, uh, to be called of God, to be servants alongside of each of you in reaching the lost for Christ and helping the found in Christ to grow up into full stature in him. I want to introduce you to our family. This is JD, Jonathan David. We call him JD. He is 17 and he's bigger than me. This is our lovely daughter, Joanna. And Joanna is a junior in studies at the Moody Bible Institute in Chicago, cold and icy Chicago. And uh, she is visiting for two weeks, and she told me she's thinking of tearing up her return plane ticket. <laughs> he who finds a good wife finds an excellent thing. And Next to Jesus, she's the best decision I've ever made. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your help getting me unlost on the roads this week. That was very much appreciated. I saw a lot of the island I didn't think I would see. It certainly is beautiful. And uh, someone said, are you driving on the right side of the road? I said, well, when I'm not sure, I just go down the middle. <laughs> and it seems like other Bahamian drivers do the same. <laughs> you are the incredible body of Christ. And it's great to see you in the balcony and here on the ground floor to come out this morning to worship the living Lord and to be equipped to do his will, and maybe to see what a new preacher might preach like, I don't know. But uh, I can tell you this, if you're wondering how long I typically preach, that's a fair question, 
uh, reminds me of the story of the preacher who gauged how long that he would preach each Sunday by a cough lozenge in his mouth while he preached. And when it was dissolved, he quit. Well, this going along quite well for months and months and months. This particular Sunday, he preached past 12, he preached past 12.30, he preached past 1. And the congregation was fatigued, and, you know, basically at the back door, he shook most people's hands. And this one blunt man in the congregation said, Pastor, what gives? I mean, a two-hour sermon? He said, well, you know, normally I have this cough drop thing, but I found out this morning it was a button. <laughs> Some of you will be buying me cases of throat lozenges, and I do appreciate that in advance. But in all seriousness, we are excited. I'm excited, and I'm honored, and I'm humbled, and I'm blessed to have a ministry of preaching and teaching this precious truth from God, his love letter to each of us, his children. And we're going to plumb the depths in the days that are alone to us from God together, we're going to plumb the depths of this inexhaustible treasure, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and book by book. If you are so inclined, and I realize not all would be able, but if you are inclined to kneel with me as we pray before the word, I'd invite you to. Almighty King of heaven, you are faithful and near, and you are active. Be busy in all of our lives now. By way of the Holy Spirit who indwells us as your believers, Father, we ask that the Holy Spirit who wrote today's scripture will open up our eyes and our minds and our hearts to truth. Stir us. Please make us more like your son for spending time in your word in the next few minutes. And please enhance our worship of you and our trust in you and our service for you. May we be a church which is loving and following Jesus and telling others about him. Spirit of God, minister the word of God now to the children of God so that we might become more like the Son of God. Furthermore, Spirit of God, we ask that you minister the word so that the hungry will be fed, the discouraged will be strengthened, the sleeping will be awakened, the disobedient will be convicted, the lost will be saved, and the saved will be affirmed and the body of Christ will be equipped. Lord, we trust you to do these things now purely for your own glory's sake. In the sweet name of Jesus, God's people said, Amen. Thank you. Turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 11. The New Testament book of Romans in chapter 11. And as you're doing so, I want to just give you the context of the single verse I'm going to preach this morning. The verses leading up to Romans 11 verse 36 teach that Israel's future is bright. That Israel will come to a day when 
She will believe on the Messiah, Yeshua, the Savior, Jesus Christ, even as we do. And these chapters 9 through 11 of Romans ensure that God has a future blessing for Israel and that he is not done with them. And it is this general and preceding context which leads up to our verse for this morning. Turn to Romans 11, verse 33, that we might get a more near and specific preceding context to verse 36. I'm reading and will be preaching from the New American Standard Bible, should you be wondering. Hear the word of God as found in Romans 11, starting at verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments, unfathomable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who is who became his counselor, or who was first given to him that it might be paid back to him again? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Verse 36, as I've mentioned, is the focus of our sermon this morning, our time in God's word. And verses 33 to 35 lead into our key verse. And very quickly, let me say what we should notice from those verses, 33 to 35. Number one, God's wisdom and knowledge, they're rich. Number two, God's judgments and ways, they're mysterious. Number three, God's mind, it's perfection. And number four, God is no man's debtor. God is giver, not taker. God's wisdom and knowledge, they're rich. God's judgments and ways, they're mysterious. God's mind, it's perfection. And God is no debtor. He is a giver and not a taker. Now, when you think about the context I was sharing with you about Israel, now largely in rejection of Christ and unbelief, that the future holds for them, the scriptures tell us, that they will come to repentance about Jesus. They will come to trust him alone as their Savior and Lord, as we do. And when you think about that paradigm shift, that switch around 180 degrees from rejection of Christ to acceptance of him in the future, does it not take a miracle of God to bring that salvation through his son to Jews who have typically rejected Jesus for centuries? It takes rich wisdom and knowledge on God's part. It takes mysterious judgments on God's part and ways. It takes perfect thinking on God's mind and heart, and it takes generous giving of grace and mercy from the cross and empty tomb. And now we look at verse 36, our text for this morning. For from him and through him and to him are all things, To him be the glory forever. Amen. Amen means let it be so. When you end your prayer in Jesus' name, amen, you're saying, I have prayed in Jesus' name. I believe I have prayed what Jesus would pray about these things. And when you say amen, you're saying to God, let it be so since you are in control and not me. And so verse 36 For from him and through him and to him are all things, and to him be the glory forever. Amen. Well, you see three things in this one verse. Number one, God is source. All things are from him. Number two, God is sustainer. All things are through him. 
And number three, God is summation. All things are to him. God is source. All things are from him. God is sustainer. All things are through him. And God is summation. All things are to him. All things. All things. God is the source, the sustainer, and the summation of all things that pertain to you and all things that pertain to me. Because God is the source, the sustainer, and the summation of all things. Let's take some examples to work this through, shall we? Let's take the example of creation. God, as creator, sourced the heavens and the earth, the day and the night, the seas and the dry land, the plants and the trees, the sun and the moon, the stars, the days, the years, the months, the seasons, the fish and the animals, the birds and the reptiles, the humans, first male and then female. God sourced all that he created. But God not only sourced his creation, he also sustains his creation. He keeps it going. Colossians 1, 15 to 17 says of Jesus, your Savior, if you trust him, and he, Christ, is the image of the invisible God. That is, he is the exact representation of invisible God. Jesus is. And Christ is the exact, reputa- exact representation, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Firstborn, first in rank. First in importance. Christ is first in rank, first in importance in all that he created. He, Christ, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things, all things have been created by him and for him. And the verse goes on, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. How many of you are old enough to remember the war in Vietnam? Some of us, not, not, not the majority. In Vietnam, I'm told that the American mechanics who worked on the rotor blades of the American military helicopters called the biggest huge nut on top of those rotor blades the Jesus nut. Because they recognized mechanically and aerodynamically that that nut that held the rotor blades in their proper places so the airplane could fly held everything together. Jesus Christ holds his creation together. Jesus Christ holds this church together. Jesus Christ holds your marriages together. Jesus Christ holds it all together. It says, in him all things hold together. And so we're seeing together that God sourced the creation and God sustains the creation, but there's more. Additionally, God is the summation of his creation. That is to say, God is creation's point. God is creation's reason. God is creation's destination. And God is creation's summation. Psalm 19 verse 1 recognizes this. It says, the heavens are telling of the glory of God, and the expanse is declaring the work of his hands. Romans 8, 19 to 21 is aware of this. For the anxious longing of the creation awaits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, because of him, but 
because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will also be set free from its slavery to corruption, watch it, into the freedom of the glory of God. Oh, yes, God as creator is the source. God as creator is the sustainer, and God as creator is the summation of all that he's created, including you. Glory to his name. Let's take a second example after creation to see that for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Let's take another example. Let's take your salvation if you're saved. Your salvation. God is the source of your salvation. He elected you. He called you. He justified you. He has sanctified you positionally, and he is still sanctifying you in your experience. But there's more. God also sustains your salvation if you're saved this morning. He has made you alive. He's caused you to be born again. He's adopted you into his forever family. He has robed you in Christ's righteousness. He has put you into Christ. He has blessed you by placing you into Christ. He has indwelt you by his Holy Spirit, who will never leave. He has sealed you with his Holy Spirit. He graces you with Scripture, forgiveness. He graces you with indwelling Holy Spirit. He graces you with the ordinance of water baptism. He graces you with the Lord's table and prayer and this local church and fellowship and victory and hope, and we could go on for eternity. God makes you eternally secure in his salvation. Your standing in God's family, believer, is not based on your grip on Christ, but on Christ's grip on you. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? But there's more. Still under the example of your salvation, God is also the summation of your salvation and mine. God has saved you for himself, for his own perfect reasons. He has saved you to magnify his grace forever in heaven. He has saved you that you would be an everlasting trophy of his grace. Oh, yes, God is the summation of your salvation. Ephesians 1, 3 to 6, if you'd like to skip over there for a minute. Ephesians 1, 3 through 6. Ephesians 1, 3 to 6 indicate that God chose us before the foundation of the world and that God predestined us to adoption and that all this will be to the praise of his glory. Ephesians 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ just as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. But there's more. Verses 7 to 12 of this same Ephesians 1 indicate that God redeemed us and God gave us a lavish amount of grace and God gave us an inheritance, watch now, all because he wanted to sum up all things in his son Christ. 
and because he intends to make us to be to the praise of Christ's glory. Seven, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to the kind intention which he purposed in him with a view to an administration suitable for the fullness of the times, that is the, watch it, that is the summing up of all things in Christ. Things in the heavens and things on the earth. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will, to the end, the point, the reason, that we who were made first to hope in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. God is the source of your salvation. God is the sustainer of your salvation. And God is the summation of your salvation. So really what we're saying, church, is that your salvation is all about God and not about you. You heard me. Your salvation is all about God. It's not about you. Kind of shoots holes in the popular heresy we see in the States that God really saved you to make you happy. That God really saved you to make you rich, materially. That God really saved you to make you healthy. No, no, no. God saved us for his glory. Here on earth and forever in heaven. So Romans 11.36 really nails it. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Let's take a third example. Let's just take the example of you as an individual. Let's take you as this example. God sourced you in your mother's womb. God sustained you since with food and shelter and clothes and gainful employment and human love and divine love and breath and heartbeats. God sourced you. God sustains you. But guess what? God is to be the summation of you. You know, the truth is that when you die, you are going to get a five-minute eulogy. That's it. If there's more than one preacher involved, then, you know, it could be longer. <laughs> but you're going to get five-minute eulogy. And if the preacher, before God in honesty, over your casket, can say, she trusted Christ alone for salvation, then everything for you is perfectly fine. It's never been better. But if the preacher stands over your casket and cannot say, that he trusted Christ alone for salvation before he died, then everything is not well for you. And it never will be well. God is the summation of each human being. Trust him for salvation if you never have. Let's go forward. A fourth example the Calvary Bible Church of Nassau, 62 Collins Avenue. God is the source of this church. September 16th, 1962, Mr. Frank Pender's showroom. 
432 believers gathered that first Sunday of public services for this local church. They had to go out and get lots of chairs and big tents to fit all who wanted to hear the word of God through the ministry of this church from her inception. But God not only has sourced this local testimony in this church, God has sustained her all these years. God gave strength and the heat for the men of this church back then to build this structure, a beautiful structure they built. It was dedicated on October 24th, 1965. In 1985, the church's mortgage on the Earl Weech Auditorium was burned. God has sustained Calvary Bible Church. Through difficult times, yes, give him a hand. And you have your own history, your own points on the timeline of this local church that you think of when I remind us that God is the sustainer of this church. But God is also the summation of this incredible body of Christ collectively, and God is the summation of each and every one of us who make up this church. One day, in five sixteenths of one second, which medically is the twinkling of an eye, doctor told me that. We'll be caught up to be with Christ as believers, to meet him in the air, thus ever to be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Christ is the summation of this church. After seven years of tribulation, Christ will return and we'll return with him and have a part in, a, in his kingdom, his literal kingdom for a thousand years on earth, with Satan bound in the pit. Looking forward to that. God is this church's source, this church's sustainer, and this church's summation. Let's take some examples. We're saying that God is the source of all things, the sustainer of all things, and the summation of all things. We're saying that. Let's take some examples to bring this to life. Monday to Saturday living, okay? Let's do this quickly. Let's take money. By the way, I appreciate the Bahamian dollars the same as the U.S. dollar because that was one less thing I have to adjust to. Money. The source of your money, whether you have a lot or you don't have a lot, is God. He's given you employment. The sustainer of your money is also God. He's given you sound mind and healthy body and a job. The summation of your money is also God, for Jesus said, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Jesus says if you get money right, you'll get the rest right. Under my lordship, Jesus said. So don't sweat money. God will provide. He's the source, sustainer, and summation of what's in your wallet or your bank. Let's take marriage. Marriage. God, of course, is the source of marriage. Genesis 2.24, For this cause a man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. God invented marriage to be a huge blessing of joy, holiness, and stability for people. But God is not just the source of marriage. God is the sustainer of marriage. He tells us how to keep it together. He tells us how to work on different complementary roles, whether we're a husband or a wife, 
And the husband is to love his wife as Christ loves the church, sacrificially, unconditionally. And the wife is to respect her husband, to stand under his leadership, not because she's inferior, not because she checks her intellect at the door, but because God orders it. God is the source of marriage, God is the sustainer of marriage, and God is the summation of marriage. Because in Ephesians 5, he says the mystery is great. A mystery in Scripture is not who committed a murder on television. A mystery in Scripture is something that's been in the mind and plan of God forever, but has not been explained or revealed in the Scriptures until that particular point. And it says that the mystery is great. But when we talk about marriage, the role of husbands and the role of wives, the mystery is great that it's speaking really with reference to Christ and the church. Are you married? Then your marriage, you should see Christ as the summation of all your married years, however long you'll have. People should look at you as a husband and see you loving your wife and say, that's how Jesus loves the church, his bride. People should look at you as a married woman and say, that is how the church stands under the authority of Christ in respect. Marriage, sourced by God, sustained by God, summation is God. Parenting. I got to tell you. The little tight, grade six boy that came home with a report card, and he gave it to his father, and the father said, Five D's and two F's? And the little guy said, Yeah, Dad, I don't know if we chalk it up to environment or heredity. (laughs) Parenting is a challenge. Parenting is a big challenge. And uh, God is the source of parenting. Psalm 127 makes it clear that children are from God. Children are a gift from the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is a reward. No child is a mistake. No child is a mistake. They're a gift, a reward from God. God sources every child. He's also the sustainer of every parent who tries to do a good job parenting. Uh, Proverbs 1, 7 to 9, the fear of the Lord, the respect for God is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Indeed, they are a graceful wreath around your head and ornaments about your neck. If you want a sustained, godly parenting as a father or as a mother, then teach them to reverence God. An ongoing reverence for God is the sustaining work of a Christian parent. The summation of Christian parenting is also God. Third John 4, I have no greater joy than this, to hear my children walking in the truth. Parents, and I have struggled with this, so I'm not implying I haven't, Parents, we need to know and live like our kids are on loan to us from God. That they're not really our children, they're his children. We need to know and live like our parenting objective, listen, our parenting objective is to raise them, teach them, provide for them, guide them, such that one day they will become completely independent of the parents in favor of becoming completely dependent on Jesus. Prayer. 
Is God the source of prayer? Is God the sustainer of prayer? Is God the summation of prayer? Yes, yes, and yes, which reminds me of prayer. Speaking of prayer, the uh, grade three boy who was uh, had a geography test and the test ended and all the kids were dismissed to outdoor recess and the kid was at his desk like this. Tokyo, 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 Tokyo. And the teacher said, excuse me, I know you're praying, but I ask you what you're doing. I'm asking God to make Tokyo the capital of Sweden. Prayer is sourced by God, Abba Father. Prayer is sustained by God, the Lord's model prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Prayer is sourced and sustained, sustained further, that there's a fact that God hears his children pray. That's what sustains prayer for me, that I can look back and see how God has answered my prayers. God is the source of prayer, Abba Father. God is the sustainer of prayer. He answers our prayers. God is the summation of prayer. All prayer must find its end point, its culmination, its reason in God, not us. Because one day, faith will be sight. And all of the promises in the scriptures to the believer are yes and amen in Christ. We're seeing just some concrete examples of money and for backup creation and your salvation and you and this local church and money and marriage and parenting and prayer. And we're seeing, please don't miss it, God is the source of each. God is the sustainer of each. And God is the summation of each. Oh, yes, Romans 12, 36 nails it. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. We're going to sing. Just to let this percolate in our minds and hearts, we're going to sing a song that Brother Anthony and the musicians are going to help us to uh, enter into, and I will be coming back. Let's stand together as we give him praise through this hymn of the faith. Praise my soul, the King of heaven. Still the same. 
we flourish blows the wind and it is gone but while mortals rise and perish god endures unchanging on praise him praise him hallelujah praise the My last application of God being source, sustainer, and summation is one that's probably dearest to my heart. Witnessing, evangelizing, telling the lost about how to be saved in Christ. When I was at the Word of Life Bible Institute as a young man in Scroon Lake, New York, uh, Jack Wurtson, in one of the devotional evenings, asked the student body what they thought was the most important spiritual discipline, prayer, Bible study, fellowship, Christian service, etc. And none of us came up with witnessing. But Mr. Wurtson said witnessing is the most important spiritual discipline because when you share your faith regularly, you pray more. When you tell people the gospel as a habit, you need to be in the Word, and you know it. And he went down all the spiritual disciplines and showed how they really feed into the principal spiritual discipline, in his opinion, and he lived it out, did he not? Evangelism, witnessing. You know, as I think about exhorting us on our first Sunday together in the Word to be evangelists, there's one thing we can't do in heaven, lead anybody to saving faith in Christ. That's reserved for earth. There are only two things that are tied to this earth which can survive the passage from this earth to heaven. The word of God that stands settled forever in heaven and the people that we lead to Christ for salvation. You see, witnessing, God is the source. He provided the Savior. Witnessing, God is the sustainer of witnessing because God's love constrains us. The more we love God, the more we will love the lost and want them to see God as Savior. And witnessing summation is God. The fullness of the Gentiles coming in in this church age, such that every tribe, every tongue, every ethnicity, every people group one day will be worshiping Christ, the Lamb for sinners slain. My heart is to model evangelism. I don't believe I have any business standing in this pulpit and telling you to share your faith if I am not personally sharing my faith Monday to Saturday. Pray for me. I will pray for you. Brother Allen, come and sing a very theologically sound song.
day they pass me by I can see it in their eyes Empty people filled with care Headed who knows where And on they go silent cries Only Jesus hears People need in the Lord People need the Lord At the end of broken dreams
Amen, Alan, beautiful. Would you stand with me? I hope that you all received a May I Ask You a Question booklet. Would you hold it up and wave it at me if you've got one or two? Yeah, let me see them. Yeah, that's, yeah, we're getting them. Hold them up. I want to know if you have it. Thank you. Put them down. What I want you to do is prayerfully give out that booklet this week to a lost person. If you were given two, then give them both away. Don't bring them to church next Sunday. Give this away. If you're here this morning and you're not sure that you transferred your trust to Christ alone for salvation, this booklet is for you to keep and to read and to take to heart and to trust Christ alone, and you'll be saved. I've been praying for over a year that Calvary Bible Church would grow by conversion growth. New babes in Christ. That we would be a spiritual nursery healthy enough for God to grant us the gift of babes in Christ, new converts. That will happen as we share the Lord. His message is true. His message is powerful. The Spirit of God opens up hearts and minds, gives us the opportunities. We seize them. We give the gospel, and people will trust the Lord. Let's pray. Oh, your greatness, Lord, that you would be the source, the sustainer, and the summation of all things. We want to remember this truth. We want to live by it. We want to acknowledge in all of our dealings and thinking that you are the source and the sustainer and the summation of creation, of our salvation, of our very lives, of this church, of our money, of our marriages, of our parenting, of our prayer lives, of our evangelizing. Help us to love you and lost people enough that we will give away these booklets by next Sunday. And we pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.